This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, we obsess over some crazy stuff in our world of botanical method, blackwater and brackish aquariums, don't we? I mean, we touch on a lot of ideas and techniques on how to accomplish all kinds of processes in our aquariums. However, one of the least discussed topics is lighting. Now, we receive a lot of questions about lighting, specifically about how you can grow plants in black water or botanical method aquariums that have tinted water and what type, what intensity, and what duration of light to use. Now, I'm probably not exactly the best person to discuss many aspects of aquarium lighting. And um, in fact, this is something we'll probably have to have my friend Jake Adams from Reef Builders, who I consider my absolute go-to on lighting, particularly LED uh, in aquariums. He'll probably have more thoughts on this than I can put out in two seconds. But for today, you're stuck with me. So let's think about this. Now, I've been a long time reef aquarist and a former, you know, partner in a commercial coral propagation firm. And I've long believed that at least having a basic understanding of the ideas and practical application of lighting in our closed aquatic ecosystems is a core requirement for success, whether you're doing freshwater, brackish, marine reef, whatever. Lighting's a big deal in the coral world. It really is. In the reef aquarium world in general, lighting's essential as it powers photosynthesis within the zooxanthellae, which are symbiotic algae, which are found in coral tissues. It's pretty much fundamental stuff. And we're indoctrinated from day one when we enter the reef hobby to sort of embrace lighting and the importance of it to our systems. Of course, in our aquariums that use botanicals, wood and, you know, even rocks growing live plants, lighting tends to be more of an aesthetic consideration rather than primary, um, you know, necessity uh, for, you know, creating optimal conditions in our aquariums. And it also compels us to turn once again to nature for some cues. Now, the tinted blackwater habitats that we seem to gravitate to in our world generally don't have huge stands of aquatic plants. That's not true everywhere, but a lot of them are not uh, filled with tons and tons of plants. Um, now, this is due to factors other than just light conditions, like the topography, the ionic composition of the water, and the geology of some of the regions that we tend to replicate in our aquariums. That being said, light penetration and overall lighting conditions in the natural aquatic habitats that we're so fascinated by are really interesting and important aspects to consider in our aquariums. They create not only an interesting look, but they can provide supportive intensity and spectrum for certain types of plants like mangroves or other aquatic plants. Now, in a typical tropical rainforest, it's been estimated that as little as 5% of the sunlight reaches the forest floor. So it goes without saying that any stream or creek or river or whatever under the canopy of trees is not getting a ton of light. If aquatic plants are present in these habitats, they're typically species that can adapt to lower lighting conditions. Of course, lower light levels in nature 
is still a lot more light than you might think and a lot more light than we'll typically think of in the aquarium context. We tend to measure light intensity in photosynthetically active radiation PAR, which gives us a value in micromoles uh, to measure and relate to. There's a lot more to it than just me throwing out a term here. And again, it's something I'll defer to you to, to, to do some research on if you're interested in, in a PAR meter and understanding what it actually means, which is particularly important if you're growing plants, of course. Now, the architecture of tropical forests are determined by the vegetation's need for sunlight. So there's tremendous competition among rainforest plants for this you know, vital energy source. Trees go really tall and they don't waste energy on producing branches until they reach the canopy and they're able to compete successfully with other trees for available light. Makes sense, right? There are other systems which, despite you know their tinted black water conditions, are exposed to tremendous sunlight intensity and foster significant plant growth like those found in rivers in tropical Africa, like the Lufimi River and other actual you know, blackwater rivers. And you'll see tremendous stands of plants in very tinted water. Now, again, as always, researching the habitat that you're interested in, in replicating in your aquarium is super important in this context. Now, of course, lighting's just one part of the picture with nutrition and fertilization being some of the other important parts, but it plays a huge role in our success with a lot of plants, particularly in blackwater aquariums or aquariums that have tinted, visually tinted water. For a very long time, a lot of my friends who are hardcore planted aquarium enthusiasts were a bit intimidated by the idea of blackwater planted tanks because of the concerns over sufficient light penetration into the tinted water. Now, with a greater understanding of the overall blackwater environments and their propensity to grow certain plants, it's more of a matter of figuring out how to maximize lighting intensity to assure that sufficient quantities of light reach our plants. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Light penetration is a big deal. Perhaps the most important of all factors which determine the ability of aquatic plants to grow in blackwater habitats, along with, of course, nutrient-rich substrates. Light penetration affects diversity of both the terrestrial grasses and the aquatic plants that are present in natural waters, and you know, like flooded forests and so forth. In the blackwater Amazonian agapa, which you knew I'd go to because I obsess over it, light only penetrates down to, down to depths of about one to two meters, which is actually pretty significant. But many submerged grasses and terrestrial forest plants simply die back from lack of light. Well, that and the fact that they're freaking submerged terrestrial plants, right? But they can only hang on for so long anyways. And the forest canopy adds to the shading in some areas, further reducing the amounts of light available to plants. Varzea, which are more open uh, type of forests and have a greater abundance of light and therefore a greater light penetration, have a little bit more plant diversity. Of course, you can grow Amazonian aquatic plants in blackwater aquariums, such as the broad-leaved Amazon sword plant, uh, which prefers the dim conditions of blackwater rivers. Uh, if you're curious about the name, it's Echinodorus uh, quadricostatus, I believe. Sorry, I'm going from my memory, which, as you know, I'm not a plant guy, but I, for some reason I have a memory for some plants, and that's the one. I think it's, yeah, Echinodorus quadricostatus. So check that one out. Uh, as I just mentioned, there is one area which comes to mind immediately when we talk of blackwater habitats with aquatic plants, and that's Southeast Asia, particularly Borneo. When we think of Borneo, what comes to mind, you know, more than just about any plant in the plant world is Bucephalandra, or my personal favorite family of aquatic plants, Cryptocarine. If there were ever poster children for blackwater, native, tolerant aquatic plants, either of these two genera would be the ones. Now, I'm not going to say every single species 
you know, comes from that type of habitat because I'm just quite frankly, not 100% certain, but based on my research, many, many of those species come from that type of habitat. Generically speaking, also, floating plants, of course, tend to do well because you don't really have the light penetration factor influencing them as much as, say, you know, rooted plants. Light penetration is a limiting factor other than, you know, all things being more or less equal, right? So that's important. But there's things you can do to make up the difference. You can compensate with brighter light. <laughs> that's the beauty of LEDs, right? That's why I recommend LEDs as the de facto lighting for every type of aquarium. There's so much versatility that you can bring to the uh, bring to the table and control the light field, the color, the intensity, the spectrum. It, it opens up an entirely new avenue for experimentation. It's been going on in the reef world for you know quite a while now. And it's starting to trickle over nicely into the freshwater world and into our specialized uh, freshwater aquariums, like botanical method aquariums. The, the field is wide open for a lot of cool research. Now, you know, of course, as I mentioned, just having light in our blackwater or tinted aquariums isn't enough. Now, you certainly can rely on room ambient light for some situations and s- supplement it where it's needed. But it's important to consider the types of plants that you're dealing with and what your goal is for the system you're creating. The other big issue to tackle when keeping aquatic plants in black water or tinted water aquariums is to some extent the well-trodden opinion that black water, as it uh, is described by ecologists, uh, is more nutrient poor and having a much lower ionic concentration of calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium than a clear water environment. So how do you overcome this? Well, pretty straightforward. You fertilize your tank, just like you do in a clear water system. And again, far be it from me to tell you the planet tank experts, how to do this. So if you understand estimative index and all that kind of cool fertilization stuff, you know, that's the way to go. Now, you'll, you'll probably have to adjust your doses to compensate for the near lack uh, of, you know, those major ions. But it's pretty much that simple in my experience. You just use more fertilizer. You compensate. And if you're growing plants that rely on rich substrates like cryptocorine, I've personally found with my, you know, vast plant experience, I personally found that you don't really have to do all that much differently than you do in a clear water tank. So the substrate is the game. One thing you won't hear me talking about is the use of CO2. Now, it's not because I don't recommend it or believe in it. It's simply because I don't personally don't have a lot of experience with using it in a freshwater planted aquarium. That being said, I have many friends who use CO2 in black water or tinted water aquariums with a tremendous amount of success. And I, again, I encourage you to experiment. I think uh, the job that I'll continue to take on here at Tannen will be to encourage aquatic plant enthusiasts and those who want to keep aquatic plants in tinted aquariums to go for it and just do great work and share your, your stories. The simple reality is that you absolutely can keep a lot of aquatic plants in tanks with tinted water with tremendous success. It's simply a matter of compensating for the environmental parameters which need to be augmented, lighting, fertilization, whatever, and doing what you already know how to do. Of course, many of us play with hardscape-only types of tanks, and lighting is really more of an aesthetic choice, and that's kind of where I come in. I mean, I'm more into the, you know, the wood and the roots and the leaves and stuff like that, so, you know, that's different. Now, if you're into environmental biotopic authenticity, You want to look at what plants are found where, of course. But the bottom line is that a variety of plants that you can keep in a generic blackwater aquarium is pretty significant. It pays to do some research. Now, if aquatic plants are not the primary focus of our botanical method aquariums, lighting becomes more of an aesthetic consideration than just about anything else, as I said. So it goes without saying 
that if you're trying to replicate one of those hidden igarapes, you know, a canoe way in the indigenous language of uh, Brazil, uh, without a diversity of light demanding aquatic plants, you really don't need to worry about providing a ton of bright light, just an occasional spotlight, a light, a small LED and very inexpensive, um, you know, LED. You don't have to go with the fancy ones like I seem to gravitate towards, you know, it would make more sense to do that or dim, you know, something you can really dim. Again, LEDs, which gives you a lot of control over color and intensity than just about anything else. In fact, although I've played with just about every type of lighting format out there over the years, I've repeatedly turned to LED as my go-to for, you know, more than 10, 15 years now. And again, coming from the reef world, we were always a bit amused that LED lighting took so long to catch on in the freshwater world at any scale. It's so versatile, so configurable that it makes perfect sense in virtually every application from, you know, nutritive and plant growth focus to just purely aesthetic. So again, like uh, investing in a good aquarium, uh, a good, you know, water purification system, uh, I believe investing in a good lighting system is really important. And again, almost fundamental for the aquariums that we do, even if you're not growing plants because it gives you versatility. There's so much to learn from managing a system set up to replicate one of these types of habitats and again, it's it's helpful, again, to look to nature to help us make decisions. With Without tons of excess light hitting your aquarium, the incidence of excessive, uh, excessive algae growth is definitely limited, which is important when you take into account the decaying leaves and other botanical materials that we have in our tanks that contribute to the biological load. Of course, if you ramp up the lighting intensity, which is easy to do with LEDs, you can grow a lot of nuisance algae. I've done this before intentionally. I, I did one of my t very tinted water aquariums and put a ridiculously large LED lighting system or powerful, I should say, LED system over the tank, cranked it up to almost maximum for a few weeks. And yeah, I got a lot of algae on the, the top of the, of the tank. So, you know, for the sole purpose, I did this for the sole purpose of seeing how much I could apply without creating an algae nightmare. Like, you know, wow, I was a 40, 40 watt LED, I think it was over a, a very small tank. It was serious over elimination. It grows algae, even in tinted water. So it's something to know about. So when I hear hobbyists proffering that you can't grow plants in black water, I totally call foul. You certainly can. It's all about the technique and the other factors which are at play. And yet I've experienced no more occurrence of algae in the leaf litter tanks that I play with than I have in other setups when lighting is intelligently and thoughtfully applied. On the other hand, regardless of what type of system I work with, I'm pretty fanatical about husbandry anyway, nutrient control and export. So that's obviously another key factor in the algae control game. What would be intellectually dishonest and just plain untrue for me to assert that, you know, tinted water aquariums, botanical method aquariums aren't susceptible to algae outbreaks. It is sort of remarkable that we simply don't have massive algae issues in these types of tanks on a regular basis. And again, I'm not always that upset about algae. It belongs in the system. Algae is found in these types of ecosystems. As aquarists, we tend to, <clears throat> excuse me, be very upset when they appear. But there's simply an indication that there's something that's being exploited by a life form in your aquarium. And you need to bring things back into balance if you want somebody else that's more aesthetically pleasing to fill that little niche. I think that the main reason why we don't see massive algae issues in our tanks is because we as a community have placed so much emphasis on the techniques of husbandry and management, specifically the need to in, you know, embrace nutrient control and export techniques, basic stuff. So as usual uh, in this podcast, I rambled all over the place with bits and pieces of different uh, ideas woven you know, kind of loosely together. But I suppose the big takeaways today are 
Number one, you can grow plants in aquariums with tinted water with proper lighting in terms of spectrum intensity and duration. Number two, you can grow algae in aquariums which you seriously over eliminate or ones which you more modestly light and don't apply properly, you know, properly uh, vetted husbandry techniques to. And number three, our recommendation lighting form factor is LED because of its versatility and its adjustability. Now, there's so much more to explore here in terms of lighting and botanical method aquariums. There's lessons to learn, experiments to undertake, you know, breakthroughs to achieve, and a lot of mistakes to be made along the way. And everybody is welcome to contribute. We're on such a ground floor, even decades into playing with black water or, or, or botanical method aquariums and, you know, seven years of doing this at Tannin. We're still beginners at all this. It's really, really crazy. So I want you guys to just go for it. Stay inquisitive, stay excited, stay open-minded, stay creative, stay observant, and always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.